0: Okay, welcome back, everybody. We are here with Kyle Peters. Kyle is the owner and founder of Six Pack Creamery, where he created this product called Fit Freeze, which is a perfect blend of indulgence and nutrition in the form of soft serve ice cream focused on fueling the food service industry and organizations like hospitals, university, and pro sports. Now, um, Kyle and I, brief background Kyle and I actually met in college at Centenary University in New Jersey, where he was a lacrosse player. Obviously, I was a soccer player. But um, the big thing that why I wanted to bring Kyle onto the podcast today was to talk about his one amazing ice cream product. And if you know you know me at all, you know that ice cream is my favorite food by far. But uh, more importantly, Kyle is also, has also been a lacrosse coach in the past. And I want to give you guys some value and some of the things that he's learned about uh, being a coach. So Kyle, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself a little bit. Say hi.
1: Yeah. What's going on guys. Uh, Thanks for having me, Jesse. I appreciate it. Good catching up with you again. Um, So yeah, I mean, I graduated from Centenary in 2015 and uh, like you said, played four years of college across there, had an amazing time, learned a ton, um, you know the ebbs and flows of, of playing a college sport and being a college athlete and learning to kind of juggle the the schedule that you know comes with that uh, and the responsibilities that you have. Um, but I, you know, I always knew I wanted to own my own business and was always passionate about cooking and making things um, that are traditionally unhealthy in a healthier way. And kind of after college, you know, super long story, which uh, I can you know definitely get into a little bit later. Uh, ultimately led me to starting six pack creamery. Um, and, yeah, he, and, you yeah, know, le- I
0: mean, I, I was just, gonna say. I remember, um, sorry to interrupt, but I remember you, you've been in college, you know, you were always creating these, these crazy looking desserts. And I'm like, and I'm looking at them. I'm like, these look amazing. And you know, they don't look terribly bad for you. So, you know, when, when I saw you started the company, I was like, yeah, this doesn't surprise me at all. So sorry to interrupt. But <laughs> no, I, no, 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 no,
1: absolutely. I mean, yeah. Like, you know, I made a lot of stuff that c- can I curse on here? Is that? Yeah, why yeah, not? No? Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I, I made a lot of really shitty, like, foods and, and, like, you know, brownies and cookies and all that kind of stuff when I was at school. Um, so a lot of it wasn't very good. Uh, I mean, like, I was making, you know, if you're familiar with super coffee, right? Right, right, right. So, like, I was making, uh, like, a super coffee before super coffee was a thing because my dad drinks so much coffee and I wanted him to have, like, more quality nutrition like, you know, in the morning in and this and that, he'll have like five cups of coffee before he has like anything else. And I was like, oh this man needs to have like more quality, you know, food to start his day. And if he's already drinking coffee, like maybe there's a way I can put protein into his coffee. The problem was he just never liked what I was making enough for me to be like, okay, cool. This is good enough. And I'll run with it. But you know, Obviously, so essentially we, just, a pro- we
0: just throw protein into things and, and then we call it healthy, right? That's how it works.
1: I mean, that's how, <laughs> unfortunately, that's how like a lot of businesses work. Like a lot of the products right. out there are, are kind of doing that. Um, and I really have tried to, you know, it's funny because people ask me, like, oh, like all that protein, it's all coming from, you know, like where's that all coming from? And in my product, more than 50% of the protein content is coming from organic skim milk, organic eggs and not from like the whey protein isolate that I use. The whey protein isolate is like a nice booster and kind of helps it like get over the edge, but it's not like the primary source of the protein. It's the primary source of protein is coming from, you know, these whole food sources.
0: Yeah, it's actually legit quality ingredients, not like, I mean, for those who don't know, the, all the supplements that you see out on the market, you know, they they scam you. And sometimes some protein companies will actually put in that like powdered coffee creamer stuff to to spike up their protein and to make it look like they have a heavier protein content. And
1: yeah, exactly. you know it's
0: terrible. What the, the supplement market is just terrible. But um, you know it's nice and refreshing to have a, a quality food like your like your uh, fit freeze and your six pack creamy. But you know we'll get all we'll get into that a little bit more. But uh, you know for now let's just let's go back and talk about your your college lacrosse playing experience. What are, what are some of the things that being a fo- on a playing for four years? Like, you know, what did you learn the most? What were some of some obstacles you had to overcome? You know, just talk about that for a little bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when I had gone in to college, I was probably about 160, 165 pounds and I'm six 2 So I was really, really skinny. And I was fortunate enough to, when I got on campus, um, I was, yeah, you know, I, I I earned my way into a starting role my freshman year, and but my coach was just like Kyle, like you have to put on some weight, kid. Like you, you're just way too skinny for this. Like you're gonna be going, you're gonna be playing against seniors, guys that have you know three four years on me and most definitely a few pounds and a lot more muscle. Uh, and for whatever reason, like something clicked my freshman year, and I fell in love with fitness and nutrition, and I just became you know really really passionate and super dedicated to you know improving my my body and my strength and everything and ultimately improving my play on the field too um and yeah so like it it was tough in the beginning because you know i was an absolute string bean trying to you know earn my way on the field and having already done that it was like okay now i have to make sure i stay here and not get injured and you know not totally like throw this opportunity away so uh, it really helped me kind of take things a little bit more serious and it That initially, I think, sparked the discipline that I have now where I can kind of like – I'm really fortunate. I can flick a switch and be like, okay, I'm done eating this food right now. Like, I've decided to go – I went vegan for 100 days just on a whim and cut out all dairy food – all um, like meat products, everything, just on a whim. I was like, okay, I'm going to try this out. And I did so, it.
0: So literally like today, you're like, yeah, I'm going vegan tomorrow. And then just like that. Yeah, I would do it. Yeah. I hundred days.
1: hundred days. Yeah. Like when I tell myself I'm going to do something like that and I, and I really commit and it's not like a, you know, me messing around with my buddies and be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to do this. But like, if I'm like in my head, I'm like, no, I'm going to try this. Once I, once I kind of commit to it, there's no going back. Uh, yeah, like I went through Thanksgiving with being, uh, with being vegan, all that kind of stuff. My family's like, really, you're not going to try. I'm like, if I say I'm going to do this, like, and I break it now, I have to start all over. You know what I mean? And this, and when you yeah, do that, no, that, I
0: mean, that, that's a great mentality. That's, yeah, that's and, awesome.
1: And when you kind of, when you start breaking that promise to yourself too, it starts to build a, a negative habit versus a positive habit. So I kind of learned that at, at, you know, within my freshman year, like, I want to get in better shape. I want to get bigger. I want to get faster. I want to get stronger. And I can't cheat on that, you know? And I had a lot of, you know, Nick Mazio, he was somebody that really helped me out. I don't know if you remember him. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple of wrestlers too, because, you know, we had a great wrestling team. So those right. guys were also in really good shape. Uh, all those guys, you know, helped me out in the gym and kind of uh, coached me through my journey in the beginning stages to, you know, help me keep that discipline in line. Um and then so yeah, you know,
0: so you were you, you were a vegan
1: at Centenary no, no, in no, that no.
0: cafeteria. No no, okay, no, 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 no,
1: absolutely not. That was like that was like God, this past I was year. gonna say <laughs> that was this past year. Um okay. No, but yeah, that was like something else that I did was I just like when I was at centenary learning like what foods in the cafeteria to eat and stuff, so that I was always, you know, so that I was eating a ton of calories, but also eating a ton of quality calories. Um, right. So
0: let like let, describe so If you're a college kid out there and, you know, we – a lot of people didn't like our cafeteria. I thought it had enough and a lot of quality food in there to to get what you needed. But uh, if you are a college student, you know, you're not blessed with the greatest food – just the greatest food in general. So uh, can, can you give any tips to any college students that are out there that, you know, are struggling to find the right nutrition because, you know, oh, the cafeteria just serves pasta and chicken nuggets every day, you know? Yeah, yeah. So what are, what are some ways around that and to kind of avoid uh, falling into that, the college bad food trap?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that a lot of schools are doing a better job now. Um, like even Centenary, they just switched their uh, food service management company to uh, a company called Sedexo, and they do a really great job. And uh, so even like the centenary cafeteria now has increased a lot and like the, the quality of food and the offering and variety that they're giving um, you can definitely eat healthier. Now I think what's just as important of like looking for the quality foods is just keeping that discipline of staying away from all the bad foods that are also being offered. Cause you know, like you said, college campuses, you know, they are getting better but they always have more, there's, I find there's always more bad food than good food, um, even if it is getting better now. And so I think the tips that I can give is one, keep a, a couple things in your dorm for yourself that you can bring and almost like make at your dining hall. So like something I did was I would, I would always buy uh, Kodiak cakes and I would always have like a, a protein uh, pancake mix and I would bring it to the cafeteria and mix it up there and then use the waffle irons there to make protein pancakes, you know, so the, the dining hall wasn't serving those, but they had a waffle iron. So I knew as long as I had that, and I had that like waffle mix, I could at least have, you know, a high protein breakfast that was pretty easy and quick too. So if I had to get to practice Smart. or get to the gym quickly or something like that, um, you know, I knew that I had what I needed to eat a quick high protein breakfast. Um, and then it's also, no, that's- yeah that's great that's a genius
0: idea
1: and then most places too will have like you can almost always get grilled chicken at every cafeteria now how good that grilled chicken is i'm not too sure you know i'm sure that definitely (laughs) varies like you know i've choked down some pretty bad grilled chicken (laughs) at school before but uh you know hopefully it's not too bad you know i think you kind of work on sticking with the basics and then let yourself veer off you know uh like two times a week to keep yourself a little bit sane but yeah i mean the basics like grilled chicken. Yeah it's, just, rice. yeah. it's
0: just getting, getting like 80% good and, you know, letting yourself totally. 20% bad or something like that. Just moderation. Just, you know, majority of it is good. You know, as long as the majority is good, you know, you'll be fine. As Right. Would yeah, you agree?
1: Yeah. More or less. I think it also depends too on what your specific goal is. Like there's if, if like for me, I was looking to gain weight and put on muscle and things like that. That's all, you know, although it's hard for me to put on weight, It's still way easier than somebody that's trying to lose a bunch of weight and, and change their lifestyle in the opposite direction. Because, you know, if you're used to eating all these terrible foods and you're still surrounded by it and people are always saying like, oh, moderation's fine. Moderation's great. Some people start at a point where they have to earn the moderation and you can't just immediately, like if, if you are at stage one and day one of working on changing your, your lifestyle and your eating habits, you can't automatically assume like oh moderation's okay because you haven't earned that yet you know right. what i mean and that that's not yeah, to be yeah, like no, harsh absolutely. or negative it's just like it's just you need to go th- yeah you need to go through that phase of strict discipline of like okay this is all i'm going to be eating and i'm sticking to this exact plan for an extended period of time and then once you get to the point where you're like okay i'm not going to be upset with myself you know if i put on a pound or two because i know that i can you know I know I can get that off and I've done it before. If you haven't proven that that to yourself before, it's going to be a much harder, like psychological thing for you to overcome because, you know, you can be like, Oh, I worked so hard for a week. And then you go and you're like, all right, I earned a cheat meal. Then you eat a cheat meal. And now you're like beating yourself up mentally. Like, Oh my God, right. 50 pounds. I look like shit. You know, you're looking in the mirror and like questioning everything. And you know, that's stuff that I know people do. I mean, I did it. I still do it now, you know? Um, right.
0: But, right. Yeah. I like, know. I mean, it's. It's it's tough, but you're you're right. You know, it, it sounds harsh, but if you but I agree with you. If you're just strict with yourself for whatever time period depending on your goal, you know, you have to you have you have to earn the, the cheat meal and and it's just the way it is and you know it'll be worth it in the long run. But if you're not if you're going too easy on yourself, then you know you're you're just not gonna reach your goals and you'll end up not being as happy as you could be if you just stayed disciplined and stuck to the plan.
1: Exactly. I mean, what what really ropes people in to almost anything, you know, whether that's uh, a healthy lifestyle or social media, things like that. It's results. So, you know, what the second you start seeing like a little bit of abs pop through, or somebody compliments you and says like, "Oh, what? Are, like, what are you doing? Like, you know, you look like you lost a lot of weight, or you know, you look like you know, have you been?" Have you been taking like, you know, steroids or something like that? Like, that's something <laughs> that a lot of people will ask, like, when somebody really is like dedicated to the gym and they come back from school, like from college for the summer, and people are like, yo, what were you doing? Right, right. You know, you start getting like asked like all those crazy questions. It's like, no, I was just like working really hard. And like, once you kind of start hearing and seeing results like that, you become addicted really quickly. Yep. And it's the same yep. thing with social media too. Like, if you have like one post that gets a ton of love, I mean, You'd be lying if you said you didn't like that kind of result. like you like positivity right. and people t- telling you good things and enforce and you know reinforcing like what you're doing. So you know if, if you're cheating on yourself consistently and you're making it a lot harder to see progress, you're not gonna fall in love with the process and and the journey that you're you know you're putting yourself out on. Um, no, and that's absolutely. really easy to absolutely. go off course in a in a college cafeteria you know? So I think something that helps is really like splitting up like your plate. So thinking where your carbohydrates coming from, where's your protein coming from and where are your, are the fat sources coming from? You know, like, are these mashed potatoes that I'm eating filled with butter? And you can, you can tell it, you can tell that in a second, you know what I mean? And if Mm -hmm. that's the case and you know, you start to judge like, all right, I've already had a lot of fat today. Like maybe I shouldn't have these two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, you know? (laughs) So (laughs) it's just like stuff like that. it's Research. a lot of
0: self-realization and, and, you know, like you have to be real with yourself. And if you're not being real with yourself, you know, you're just, others are going to see it and you're just not going to, you know, you're not going to be at the level that you're going to be at. But so let's transition. So you graduated in 2015 and yeah. then you started your coaching career at Arcadia, right? Alvernia. Alvernia. Or, Alvernia. I apologize. So, yeah. no, um, so how, how'd you get into coaching and, you know, describe the, that year or two that, that you were coaching and what'd you like, what didn't you like, et cetera.
1: Yeah, so first of all, I mean, coaching is probably the greatest job that I've ever had. I like, I absolutely loved it. Um, and so I started in the fall of 2016, and that was actually right after my mom had passed uh, from colon cancer. And so she battled colon cancer for seven years and passed away on August 1st of 2016. And then I started coaching about two months later, and that kind of her passing is kind of what led me to coach. Um, so I, I lived at home with my dad and him and I were, we did hospice at home and, you know, we were like day to day caretakers for my mom. Um, and so a large portion of my day was taking care of my mom, you know, when my dad would be working, he worked from home. Um, I would be taking care of her like during the day, and then even like at night, overnight and stuff, so that my dad could get sleep and uh, and work in the morning and the next day and stuff. And so when she had passed, I was left with a large portion of my day just like empty, you know, like I didn't know what to like. My day was mostly like, all right, wake up, go to the gym, eat this and that, and then kind of take care of my mom like when it's needed. And so after she passed, like I said, large portion of my day was wide open, and of course, like the morning period, like. I wasn't motivated to go to the gym and pretty quickly I you know I feel like I did a good job kind of putting on a front and you know looking like it wasn't uh as bad as it was but I was definitely into a pretty hard depression uh right after she had passed for about 2 months maybe a bit maybe even like 3 or 4 um that my dad and coaching ultimately pulled me out of and so when I was trying to fill that time you know my dad was like dude, like you need to fill that time with something positive. You have to start doing something else, you know, go, whether it's go to the gym or, you know, training other people, things like that. He's like, you just need to fill your time because you have all this empty time. And I had, uh, quit my job about six months prior, you know, I was working in an office building. So like I had that normal structure, took, took that away. And then was just training. I was just working out and then taking care of my mom. So, I would wake up like at noon, one in the afternoon, stuff like that. And then would go and get a a half-assed workout and then be upset with myself because I didn't really work out. I woke up late and there wasn't any progress being made in my life, like at all with that. I was just literally, you know, depressed and mourning. And that's just like, that's not a way to live. There's a healthy way to do that. And I wasn't doing it in a healthy way. And so eventually I was like, "Why don't I coach? Like I, I love lacrosse, you know, I'm passionate about it. And I had seen a couple job listings like pop up, and I was like, "Well, you know, I'll just look at uh, coaching jobs that are available." You know, there's, there was a website that has like all the all the college and um, like MCLA uh, coaching jobs that are available for lacrosse. And I was checking it out, and I was like, Alvernia. I was like, "That's like an hour away from my house." I was like, "I could check that out." Sent in my resume, got a response, I got an interview, did well in the interview, and then I was offered the job. And I was like, "Well." I feel like I should take this. I don't, you know, when else am I going to be able to take a job that I'm super passionate about that's going to pay me shit money? I was like, well, you know, I might as well take it now. So, uh, right,
0: right, right, opportunity,
1: exactly. And I didn't even realize it at the time, but like once I took that job, I had an hour commute both ways. So I would drive an hour uh, to Reading, and then I would coach. Yeah, I'd be there for eight hours, give or take, maybe a little bit longer, and then I would drive an hour home. And I had access I had a key to the uh to the weight room and stuff there. And I was a strength and strength and conditioning coach as well as a defensive coordinator. And so got
0: yeah. so, so I know guys Kyle is a, a NASM personal trainer, so he he does have that certification. But sorry, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh and yeah, so like my drives to and from uh coaching was actually like sometimes rough, but like really therapeutic. Like, you know, f- I. I'm super transparent about like everything that went on and stuff. You know, I don't mind talking about it, but like there were often times like I'd be driving to campus and all of a sudden I would just start crying. You know what I mean? Because it was still like so so, like new and fresh from my mom having passed. Um, But I think that time to like think and be by myself was really good. And then by the time I would get to campus, I was now able to have a good time with all the guys, with the other coaches and really work on something that I truly enjoyed which is the sport of lacrosse and and helping kids get better. And it's funny too, because Alvernia was a school that I played every year when I was at Centenary and we beat up on them every time, like my senior year, we senior year, we beat them 13, um, <laughs> nothing. And then shortly after I'm there and I'm coaching the guys that I was, that we were just beating up on. So that, you know, getting a little bit back to things that I learned, like when I was coaching and stuff, um, you know, it was an interesting, it was an interesting dynamic because, he, the one senior, the oldest kid on the team, I was actually we were on the same travel lacrosse team when we were in high school trying to get recruited, and he he That's did a awesome. he did a post grad year at the Hill Academy, and so he was a little bit older, but we were on the same team like trying to get recruited, and then uh, he ended up like transferring and I guess like lost year or something like that, so he was one of my seniors and my, uh, a senior captain for me, so we were once peers trying to get recruited by schools, and then his last year of eligibility that you know he was playing i was his coach so it, it, i'm super fortunate because the guys really showed a ton of respect and uh and you know it, it could have gone another way but i think throughout the whole process they not only pulled me out of my depression like i said but also taught me so many lessons on how to be a leader for guys that are you know maybe previously peers but also guys that are similar age like you know you're they were the same age as you you know what I mean? Right. So like, it was right. as if, you know, like right now, like you're interviewing me and we're doing this podcast, but like, I was an authority figure for them when in reality, like it would have been very normal for us to have just been friends and like out on the weekends, drinking beers or something like that. Right. Um, no, it's
0: yeah, so amazing. I, I learned,
1: I learned the like whole story. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. So, uh, you know, learning that, that leadership ability of, you know, leading guys that aren't that much younger than you, um, was definitely a, a quality that, you know, I take with me everywhere now.
0: So what what are some of the things you know that, that you use to kind of get your guys being that you're only a year or two older than some of them mm-hmm. um, what, you know what what are some of the ch- strategies that you use to kind of not earn the respect but get all the kids to buy in and listen to a young first time coach you know with with great playing experience but obviously not not a lot of coaching experience so you know how do you yeah. get the, the guys to buy in together and really perform as a team?
1: Yeah. So I think it was a couple different things. Uh, the first was that I was coming from a school that, you know, consistently would beat up on them. And so I think that was, uh, that was definitely like a positive. Cause they were like, okay. Like in there, like I wasn't like a, an excellent lacrosse player by any means I was, I was, I was okay. Like I was pretty good. You know, we, I played a low level D one or D three school. So like um, I wasn't like an absolute stud by any means, but we just happened to be a better team than the one that I was coaching. And I think, having that experience and my play kind of earned a little bit of respect, not everything, but uh, coming from that position definitely helped. But then also when I got there, I wasn't pretending like I was any better than anybody else, you know, like, yeah, our school was better as like a team and stuff, but I didn't go in there like, Oh, I know all, I know so much more than you guys. And you have to listen to me because we would beat up on you and this and that. And, you know, that wasn't the case. I was more so like, uh, I did really kind of go in and like, Try to earn their respect first. The first time I had met the guys was uh, like a team meeting, and then it was a lifting session. So when we were in the in the in the weight room, I you know I wasn't the super super hard ass that was ripping on the on the guys for everything. You know I would definitely let some things go, and if they were messing around, like I wasn't you know I wasn't going to be like a a Nazi about it. I was definitely like a little bit looser. I was stern, but I feel like I was definitely fair and a little bit loose on some of the things that, uh, that the guys would do. And I think they appreciated that, that I wasn't, you know, uh, I don't even know how old was I at the time, like a 22 year old walking in and trying to just like run the entire show. Um, but when I got into the weight room, that was kind of my place where I could show my value and prove to them, like, you know, my knowledge, my experience and, you know, exactly like how hard I work. So I led by example in the weight room first. And that was showing like the hard workouts that I do, taking a couple guys at a time and working out in like groups of three. So it'd be like me and maybe two two of the guys that were playing. And you know, hopefully I would leave a good impression on them. They would go and talk to the other guys on the team and that would slowly start to earn the respect that I, that I really needed to be able to coach at a, at a high level for these guys. Um, and then the other thing too is like, I wouldn't berate them. Something that I always hated when I would be coached, is when a coach would just lose his cool and just totally berate you. You know, I mean, these kids have lives. Like the, <laughs> yeah. co- I, you like you know, like the, yeah, your, yeah. your sport, although it it, it is your life. There is so much more to your life than your sport for the most part. Like they have things that are going on at home, things that are going on in class. You know, we had kids that were in uh, a DPT program, so Doctor of Physical Therapy. They were in, right. like an accelerated program that was really, really hard. And I had a kid one time comment like crying to me about all this stuff that was happening. He was an incredible kid, one of the be- one of like the best athletes on the team. He was a freshman and he started and he played all over the field, right? And he was a DPT student. And he overslept and he slept through a full practice one day, a full practice. And we're like, this is like, we were worried because we're like, this is not like this kid. Like he is not somebody to do this. You know what I mean? Like we were like literally talking about him being a captain, like for the next year when he was a sophomore. Um, Right. And so, you know, instead of like totally like reaming this kid out, like, you know, we brought him to the office. I talked to him you know, the head coach talked to him and everything. And we empathize with him because he he was just, he was having a really tough week and, you know, we still made him run. We can't, we, you can't be weak in that, in those times. Like you still have to discipline, but there's, you know, I think there's a right way to discipline and a wrong way to discipline. And I think by me not taking my, you know, quote unquote, like power and authority too far is really what ultimately earned the respect of the guys. And I still keep in touch with them today. You know, there's a handful of guys from the team that I still keep in touch with that are, you know, at this point, friends. They'll call me coach. Right. Like, and I'm like, dude, cut it out. My name's Kyle. I'm like, sure. yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear. I mean, I think you you touched on a very important point about just about being able to empathize with, with these kids, because, you know, there's a lot of times you might really not know what's going on in mm-hmm. their personal lives. And, you know, that's something that when I was coaching at Centenary that, and even playing that we always had, we had these journals that, uh, you know, our, most of the time it was our coaches having us, you know, describe game film or, what our thoughts on the game were, but they were very personal reflections. And, you know, and they always said, you could write about anything that's going on. And, you know, my, my third year there, we had a kid writing his journal, like, Oh, like I know I'm acting like, you know, not scoring is, is bothering me, but it's really affecting me. And, you know, the guys making fun of me for it is really affecting me. I'm not, I know I might not be showing it, but it's, you know, it's affecting me personally. And I think, <laughs> you know, as a coach, we need to understand that a lot of kids have, a lot of these college kids have egos and they don't want to, you know, they don't want to let down their, their wall of, oh, I'm this big tough guy. Like nothing bothers me. You know, I'm going to laugh and have a great time the whole time. But, you know, I think we need to try to see past that and, and really dig deep inside them to figure out what's going on and how to get them perform at a, at a high level.
1: Yeah. I mean, definitely. I think it's, you know, I I think it's a double-edged sword, you know, it's an interesting dichotomy because you have to you have, as a, as like a student athlete, you have to be able to take that, you know, like abuse from your, from your teammates and stuff, you know, cause in reality, they don't think it's really bothering you, but also right. how often are you going to pull your buddy to the side and like have a heart to heart and be like, listen, man, you're really hurting my feelings. You know, I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying in reality, that's not happening often. So ha- being, right. being the kind of coach that, you know, lets guys in, and. You talk and you take the time as a coach to really connect and and learn about what's going on with these with these athletes. Um, You can that, you know, in itself is going to raise the level of play for these guys because, you know, that's going to allow them to now take the, you know, take the abuse and just be a guy with with uh, with his peers and with the other uh, with the other players on the team. But then, you know, if he, if there is things he needs to get off his chest and talk about whatever, he knows he can come to his coach and talk about that and that you're going to be there to empathize and you're going to be able to get way more out of the athlete at that point than if you are, you know, super like stern, not, you know, like, I, no, it's emotional intelligence. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think you can definitely balance being a coach and then being somebody that the players can confide in, um you know, on a daily if needed level. And the other thing is too, as right. a coach, you have to be able to do the same with your captain, your, you know, your senior star captain and you need to do your best to do the same with the worst player on the team. Absolutely. You know, I think a, a lot yeah. of coaches will will take the best players on the team they have no problem listening to their problems. But, you know, there's, as a coach, you always have those kids that drive you nuts on the field But having the ability to separate the way the way that they piss you off on the field to you know the the reality of them being like a normal person too, you know, you have to be able to to balance that as best as you can, you know, hundred percent. And then if if they're just a total pain, you just cut them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if They they just never learn. Just just get rid of them. You know, if they're not making anybody better, then um, there's no need to have them. I agree. But so so now let's go. So coaching for a couple years and then, you know, in, in college, you mentioned you always wanted to have your own business and mm-hmm. boom, was it what, 2017, 2018? No, no, so you I, started? I actually,
1: yeah, sorry. I should have touched on that too when I was saying that I had started, I like, so I incorporated six pack creamery in October of 2016, like right okay. before I started coaching. Gotcha. Um, and so t- the first two years of the business, so from t- uh, October of 2016 to September of 2018, was all like research. It was all R and D essentially, you know, I've reached out to like 135 different co-packers and manufacturers in the country, um, through phone calls and emails and things like that. And a co-packer is essentially somebody that will take your formula and your product and produce it for you at, at a, you know, a higher volume. Um, and so it took me two years to figure out sourcing of ingredients uh, the manufacturing landscape and how things work. And I ended up having two failed production runs with uh with copackers, And then ultimately found Jeez. a facility that I, I lease now and I do all the production myself.
0: Wait, so let, let me interrupt real quick. So I yeah. know um, you know, you, you touched on your your mother's passing. And I know there was mm-hmm. one of the reasons also why Six Pack was founded was because you guys, you know, one of your your favorite things together was to share some ice cream, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. you know, I love ice cream, you know, like you said, who doesn't love <laughs> like ice cream? Yeah, yeah, And, yeah. and my mom too, like she had the, she like the, you know, the comfort of ice cream, you know, obviously right. like it's like a comfort food and just tastes good. Uh, But also like after her chemotherapy treatments, she would like, it, this is common for a lot of cancer patients after their treatment. Uh They would, they'd end up with like a super scratchy throat and you would also have like a super heightened sense of smell. So her appetite wasn't really there for foods like grilled chicken or like sandwiches and things like that. Um, so for her to like eat and for her to soothe her sore throat, she would be eating ice cream and ice pops and pudding and stuff like that. But the issue is it was always high sugar, high fat artificial ingredient saturated products. Absolutely
0: awful for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah actually. And it, you know, you. It's, it tastes it's, delicious, but <laughs> exactly.
1: And it, listen, I mean, at the end of the day is a pint of ice cream gonna, you know, cure your cancer or progress it. No, but right. is it going to put your body in a worse position for recovery? Absolutely. And would right. a better product put your body in a position to recover faster or better? Yeah, absolutely. So it's not a matter of like curing versus not curing the disease. It's more of a matter of putting your body in a favorable position to combat the disease and also just recover from the brutality of chemotherapy and whatever whatever other treatments that you might be going through in the hospital. Um so yeah, it was really like that inspiration of like my own love for ice cream. I was also eating a ton of ice cream after she had passed and I was putting on weight. Right. And uh, my girlfriend at the time, like I was, you know, we were like talking, I'm like, there needs to be like a better way. And I was always looking at things from the angle of like, how can I turn this into a business? How can this be a business?
0: What what, what can I throw protein into to make it healthy? That's right? like the, I mean, honestly, that, really that's that that like, comedy.
1: that's like the first step for me, honestly, right. like, I, you know, no joke. It's really like. What's a healthier product like how can a product be more favorable favorable for you and in reality like for a product that's normally high in fat and high in sugar and low in protein it's increase the protein lower the sugar lower the fat now the question right. is can you do that in like a natural way with high quality ingredients you know it still have it taste good Absolutely. Yeah. And the thing is too, is it's not like that's not the be-all end all product now for that category. Like for some people, maybe it is, but I'd be foolish to think that people will only ever eat six pack creamery. You know? Right. But it right. can be that cool. product that absolutely, you know, uh supports a healthier lifestyle. So if somebody is like, you know what, I'm not gonna be eating ice cream every day of the week like I used to, I'm gonna eat it two days a week and it's gonna be six-pack creamery. Maybe some people are like, I eat ice cream every single night. Two days a week, it's gonna be Ben and Jerry's, but five days a week, it's going to be six pack creamery. You know what I mean? So like I, I'm obviously realistic in the sense where we probably won't be the only ice cream option for everybody. Um, but that's okay because we can add a little bit of that balance that people need. And then also too, for the people that want to be a little bit more strict, like we're offering a product that allows them to indulge in a product that they love without all the negative health you know, side effects.
0: Absolutely. So, so now, all right, so let's go back. So you had the two failed production runs and then w- what happened from there?
1: Yeah. So I had my first production run in, uh, I want to say it was like August of 2017. So I had finished coaching at this point. I I had just coached for um, that first year. So I was done in uh, in the spring, after the spring of 2017, and then was really just focusing on Six Pack Creamery and and building that. Um, And I started bartending as well. And so you know, probably two months of lead up to the production day. Uh, my co-packer was in Florida and we had done testing. You know, they were sending me up pints of, you know, different test matches that they were doing, kind of going through all the checks and balances, making sure the formula was balanced. And, uh, you know, I was super stoked. Like I would be getting these little packages of like four pints of ice cream of my two different flavors in. And uh, I mean, excitement was building qu- quickly to say the least. And, you know, we got to a point where we're like, all right, this is awesome. Like, let's go. Like, we're all in. And I was going to do a production run of 350 gallons of mix, which ice cream is made by like whipping air into the mix. So that ends up being like almost 2000 pints of ice cream. It's a lot. (laughs) And that's a lot. That sounds like a great time though. (laughs) And that was, that's also like the lowest production run I can find in the entire country. Like, Yeah, most like most places are looking for like thousand gallon commitments. And so it's such a chicken and the egg type thing where it's like, you know, you can't sell a product that you don't have yet, but you also don't want to make a product that isn't sold yet. You know what I mean? So like ice cream is super weird in that sense where like you almost have to take that risk and the gamble of like, okay, this will sell. And then if it doesn't, you almost just got to be okay, like chalking it up and like, Taking the loss and eating all the ice cream yourself. Yeah, exactly, longer. exactly. <laughs> so know,
0: that's it. Honestly, sounds like a win-win. You don't sell, you get to eat yeah. it all for yourself anyway. Well, not a
1: win-win for your <laughs> bank account, but yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. But you maybe know. personally, it's not too bad <laughs> for enjoyment factor. But uh, yeah, so you know, I was I designed all the labels myself. Um, I was doing all the marketing and like kind of all the. I, I mean, I was doing everything myself, and these guys were going to produce the product for me, package it, you know, like filling the pints and all that. So. I actually decided to drive down to Florida, um, and as I'm crossing over into into Florida, like I remember going over the state line, and maybe five or ten minutes later, I get a phone call from the from the manufacturer, and he's like, "Hey Kyle, we have a problem." And I'm like, "Oh Oh, god!" God. I'm like, "Here it is, it's starting," because like everything was going perfect up until now, right? Like I was like, "This is great," and but also in the back of my head, I'm like, "Things are going a little too smooth." I feel like like, I just had that that uneasiness of like, like, "Yeah, something could be turning." And so I get this phone call and he's like, all the labels are wrong. And he was like, they're like, they're like the, you know, so like, instead of it being for easy, you know, easy math sake, if it was supposed to be like a two inch wide, uh, label, it was like five inches. Like it was ridiculous. And then the, like, you know, there was like a massive, like red border around it, which was not supposed to be there. Um, and I found out I was actually working with the owner of the company's son, who is like in the office, maybe like one day a week and then golfs every other day of the week. So he wasn't even in the office to help us with this. Once this happened, uh, fortunately we got hooked up with somebody there and they did like a month's work, a month's worth of work in like one night. And they ended up producing all the, all the labels and fixing the issue and overnighting the product. Um, and we only had to push production back one day. So, while in the, moment, in the moment, I was freaking, I was going, I was like having a panic attack in my car, like calling my dad. I'm like, everything's going to shit. This isn't going to work, blah, 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 <laughs> you know, losing my mind. But that was just right. the first of many like gut punches and uh, tests that I was going to have to go through as, as an entrepreneur. And so I get to my Airbnb, I'm in Boca Raton and uh, the next day is production. I go in. Everything's great, right? I'm all suited up, have all, you know, my hairnet on, have these boots on, and everything. I'm like, this facility is insane. It looks so cool. I can't wait to finally like see the product coming out. I'm helping the guys slap on labels onto the uh, onto the pints and all, just you know, talking to them and learning about their experience in the facility. Um, you know, we're weighing out the the ingredients and all that. We mix it up, and so without getting too nerdy and scientific, like the process of making ice cream is pasteurization. Which is heating up the the mix to a certain temperature, and like, you know, killing any potential bacteria, and then right. cooling it down and putting it through a machine that then mixes everything together, where you can like add flavors, and then it goes to another machine that freezes it and actually like turns it to ice cream. And right. so, when it gets to that second point, like that second step where you're going to mix in like different flavorings and stuff, it's supposed to be like milk, you know, like super fluid.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, and by yep. the
1: time my stuff got there. It was like pudding. It was like really thick. And to me, I'm looking, I'm like, yo, I'm like, this looks like ice cream. This is cool. It's starting to look good. And I just like sensed all the panic in the room and everybody was going nuts. And very long story short, like they opened up like a little pipe and it burst with all the product onto the floor. (laughs) Oh
0: my goodness.
1: And it's not like that pipe bursting was, you know, what made it fail. Like the product had already, like there was something wrong that happened. Um, so the product was already failed, but to add insult to injury, like it all ended up on the floor and we saw probably like a hundred of that 350 gallons on the floor. Wow. That's
0: that's amazing. That is (laughs) terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I have pictures of it too. It's, it's nuts. I'll I'll have to send them to you, but yeah, uh, yeah, it was, you know, and it quickly set in. I was like, damn, like this isn't happening. Like I was hyping it up on social media. Like I was super stoked couldn't wait. And then now all this hype, I had to go back to, onto social media, to my friends, to my family and be like, yeah, it didn't work. I have nothing. You know what I mean? It's like, that is such a hit to the ego and just like super, just painful as like, you know, somebody that's been working for a year, like a year of really hard work to get this product in my hands. And it just failed. Um,
0: yeah, no, I mean, I I couldn't even imagine. I mean, but that's just, you know that's just one of the things, one of the challenges about being in your position, about being able to overcome you know anything that is thrown your way. Kind of like this quarantine right now. You know, yeah. Uh, I've seen a lot of people. Not to get off topic, but you know, no, a lot no. of people are complaining. But it's just like, it, you know, th- this is just something that life threw your way. And you know, if you're going to sit here and complain and oh, I want to go outside, I'm looking at the like, you know, just you have to deal with it and you have to roll with the punches and move on, find a way to better yourself, use this time wisely and, you know, yeah. overcome a, a new obstacle. You're just going to get stronger as you come out of it, but...
1: Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's... it's And it's important too, because, you know, rarely are you going to start a business and things are going to go perfect. You know, will it happen? Right. No, sure, absolutely, absolutely. There's some people that will start a business. It's going to be amazing from the start. And their first, like, real hardship might not come for a year or two, right? But starting a business, you which, will Which might always, actually affect
0: it longer term.
1: Ex- I mean, exactly. Listen, like, um, while... That really sucked, that experience and everything. Like, that was painful. It taught me so much. And honestly, I'm probably in a better position now because of that. You know, at the yeah, time, I didn't, happened, I didn't really like, realize it. It, you know, it was tough, but it re- I learned so much from it. And I learned that I shouldn't have been producing that much ice cream at the start.
0: Right. And it's great because it happened to you kind of like before you were even started and established in a sense. And, you know, like you had time to recover and, you know, you, you didn't really have all, you know, you know what I mean? Like you just had time to, to kind of figure it out. And, you know, a great quote that Inky Johnson is a motivational speaker, you know, that that he, yeah, he's the best. He go, you know, life, life happens to you, not for you. I'm sorry. Yeah. Life, life happens for you, not to you. Sorry. I I messed that up, but it's just like, you know, it's it's just dealing with what comes your way. And, you know, you obviously did a, did a great job of that. You know, you got through all of these crazy challenges and and failed runs or whatever it may be to, to now, or to, to let's go, let's go to your, you finally got everything situated. You got the pints and now the, what was, what was the following step once you actually had your, your product in hand?
1: Yeah. So well will no, so like, I I ended up with nothing from that production run. And then I actually went and found, um, another fairly long story, but like a few months later, I got hooked up with a guy that found me on LinkedIn and he was like a consultant and he just really liked the project that I had. Uh, so he was doing like some consulting work for free and he connected me with another co-packer, but they were in Connecticut this time. And so, uh, I had, you know, I shipped up, we like went again, we went through some checks and balances. They were good. They were, you know, excited to produce my product and everything. And they ended up, you know, they were working with like a lot of really big companies and they shipped out a full truckload of products for this company to California and the refrigeration system failed so and they lost every pint of ice cream that they had shipped out and so oh my goodness me being the little guy you know this happens in so many industries like i got pushed back right so my production date was supposed to be x this this issue happened they need to they needed needed to produce for this larger company so i got pushed back right and then there were more issues so i got pushed back again And eventually I was just like, you know, these guys are holding my business by the balls. Like I need to take action and change this because I'll never launch at this point. You know what I mean? I'm almost like, I'm I'm almost a year and a half into trying to launch the business and I have nothing to show for it. And so I ended up just driving to Connecticut. I picked up all my stuff because they weren't even really communicating at the end of this. And I met them and I was like, listen, man, like this is kind of messed up. Hopefully we can do something in the future, but I'm taking all my stuff and I'm figuring this out. And so I went home and was pretty much like, how do I do this? Like, like I had two failed runs with co-packers, like what, like what's next, you know, how do I do this? Because the equipment to produce, to make ice cream is really expensive. So my plan was actually to make like this vegan protein brownie that I, that I developed and I was going to sell those until I had enough money to buy my own ice cream equipment. And so I was looking around, I was looking around at different, like shared kitchen spaces and stuff to do it. And I found one. And when I was there, the guy was telling me about a woman that actually owned an ice cream company and outgrew their space. And she opened her own facility. So I ended up going to that woman's facility and was like, Hey, do you have any downtime like overnight, like midnight, 4am, something like that, that I can use to produce my products so that I'm not in your way. And she was actually like, Oh, I have like a couple other like businesses that are operating in here. Like they're like they're bakers, you know, they don't use the ice cream equipment and you can like come and go as you please. Like as long as I'm not producing, you can come whenever you want. So another long story short, uh, I ended up leasing that space, which is where I produce today. And it's a 3,200 square foot facility. I have my own room, a couple hundred square feet for like storage and ingredient, like weighing and all that stuff. And then I use like hundreds of thousands of dollars in equipment that I didn't pay for. And I just I just rent the space. I have a key to it. Amazing. I can go whenever I want. Yeah. So it's incredible. I'm I'm super blessed that that woman is as nice as she is, and without without her, I really wouldn't have been able to start the business and actually have a product. So I officially launched and started selling pints of ice cream in September of 2018, Um, and that's kind of where everything started. That's crazy. That's
0: I mean what a story, what a story about, you know, just how, how you battled and battled and battled. And yeah. And it's super common think- too,
1: honestly, like so many people that start a business will, will, you know, experience that. And it's, it's good because what it's doing is it's weeding out the people that are truly passionate about what they started and the people that just kind of like wanted to give it a try. Cause if you just wanted yeah. to give it a try, I probably would have quit after that first failure. I'd be like, ah, damn, this just isn't going to work. You know what I mean? On to the next one. But the fact that like I wanted this product for people like me, for people like my mom who were, you know, battling disease in hospitals, like that's what made me like, okay, well, this didn't work, but something else is going to work, right? You know, and if you don't have that passion, it's going to weed you out very quickly.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you have your why. I mean, it's just – it's so powerful. <laughs> once you Once you know why you're doing something, I mean, it just – it makes something so much – so much more fun. And like the challenges become, fu- you know, they're, they're fun because you know that you're going to get past them and it's just going to make you stronger yeah. Absolutely. after that. But, um, so let, let's, let so we're, st- we're selling pints, uh, in yep. 2018. So where, where did you start selling them? Guys, by the way, these pints are, and or, well, how does, how does your ice cream compare to like a halo top, like another quote, healthy arts alternative to ice cream? Cause I mean, Firsthand, your ice cream it blows Halo Top out of the water. I mean, it it's on that that Breyers, Ben and Jerry's level. That's what uh, I appreciate I it. it. Man. I mean, yeah, it, it's you. awesome.
1: Thank you. Um, yeah. So, I mean, really, what my focus was was you know Halo Top's focus is being a low calorie pint of ice cream, right? And they do that really well. They're, they're they're the number one selling pint of ice cream in the entire country. Um, and so my focus was on being a, like a premium ingredient ice cream. And then being a like premium nutrition content, meaning higher protein quality, you know, more balanced fat and more balanced sugar, with just like like I said, really high quality ingredients. So all the ingredients that I use are certified non-GMO or certified organic, and more than seventy percent of the formula is certified organic actually. So uh, you know, there were ingredients that Halo Top was using that I didn't necessarily want to have in my product. So for example, like vegetable glycerin, I didn't want to use that in my product, and that actually helps. Um, ice cream stay softer and a common issue with like these high protein or like low fat, low sugar ice creams is that they freeze really hard. You know, most people have probably experienced that. Like, so my pint, you have to like pull it out of the freezer, let it sit and soften up for, you know, maybe 10 minutes. It depends on the freezer, but it freezes hard because there's no artificial ingredients or like softeners and things like that in the product, um, which is just something that's important to me. But then, nutritionally, right. the way we compare to Halo Top is essentially we're two pints of Halo Top in one pint of ice cream. So there's 40 grams of protein in a pint of Six Pack Creamery versus the 20 grams of protein in a pint of Halo Top, and then we also have uh, 10 grams of fat and only 27 grams of sugar in the whole pint, so, and it's, a whole pint, in That's a whole amazing. pint. Yeah. So if you and so if you eat half a pint of Six Pack Creamery. You're gonna get the same amount of protein as a whole pint of Halo Top with less sugar and less fat, and higher quality ingredients. It's awesome. That's yeah. amazing. So, you I mean, know,
0: that's just you just you don't you just don't see it. I mean, 20, what, 27 grams of sugar in a whole pint. I mean, yeah, I think most ice creams have twenty seven grams in a serving.
1: So Total, you're right. I mean, hundred um, percent. Like ben and, ben and Jerry's vanilla ice cream is about a hundred and ten grams of sugar, I think, in a pint. Oh, man, that's
0: crazy. But uh, going back to like what you said about ingredients, you know, uh-huh. for those who who have followed me for. A little bit, I, you know. There was a there was a stretch over the summer where I would talk about those fake Fridays and and how these food companies try to trick you into ingredients. And you know, I try to warn people to to read the ingredient labels to really see what's what's in your in your food because you know you'll see there these companies will say no grams of sugar, but they 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 just disguise the sugar in other ways in the ingredients. But non GMO, you know, your your just ingredients are quality and they're actually. They're legit ingredients, which makes the, I mean, it just makes the product that much better.
1: Yeah. I appreciate it, man. No, and you did a great job too, with that too. I think that's something that's really important to bring to people's attention is like, you know, the, you can have a nutrition panel look one way, but the ingredient list could be like 75 ingredients, you know, an artificial ingredient might not <laughs> yeah, exactly. might not affect the nutrition outlook. Right. So it's really being educated or just even cognizant to like, look at the ingredient list and think like okay well number one do i understand what that ingredient is and then number two like for the most part like a quick google search if you don't understand it is going to tell you very fast like if it's something you need to worry about you know what i mean like like food dyes any kind of artificial sweetener and things like that you know there's there's links to uh you know to like promoting allergies because of these ingredients and promoting um you know promoting like ADD and stuff and you know there's Totally conflicting evidence on that, but to me, it's like if there's conflicting evidence, then I, for the most part, I'm not putting that ingredient in my product. You know what I mean? Because exactly. even exactly. if there's the chance, like it's like why risk it? You know, right? Hundred um, percent. And I don't want to do that. And you know, I think it's it's awesome that you you know do what you can to bring that uh, bring the attention to you know your followers and people that you talk to about the importance of that because you know it really is. You know, like uh, there's Thank something you. that I Thank had you, yeah. posted over the summer. I think it was about Chick Fil A and like, dude, everybody loves Chick Fil A. It's awesome, right? It tastes so good. Of course, of course. The the uh, the oil that they fry all their stuff in the the one of the main ingredients in that oil is the same main ingredient used in silly putty. Like Jeez. that that shouldn't be an ingredient that you're eating. You know <laughs> oh what I mean? Goodness. Because the thing is, peanut yeah. oil peanut oil should be like one or two ingredients. It should be peanut oil. That's it. But they're, they're like peanut oil is filled with like 17 ingredients. It's unnecessary, but I'll tell you what, it's probably super cheap, really easy for them to get, you know what I mean? And it makes a product that they like, but also at the end of the day, it's just made with ingredients that shouldn't be ingested by us. Like, absolutely.
0: so our human body just isn't meant to process those ingredients. Yeah, absolutely. It
1: comes down to, but,
0: um, so, you have your pints, they sell it a couple, right? You're, they're still selling out a couple of GNCs. Uh, so I, the,
1: recently. Like- so yeah, yeah. So I did end up going into like six GNCs, four in PA and two in New Jersey, um, as well as like a nutrition store in Manayunk and uh, a grocery store in Ambler, Pennsylvania. And what I found with GNC is that like, how many times have you gone to GNC being like, Ooh, let me get some like grocery type items or, you know, food right. To, like, yeah. Me. Not very often. Not often. So like, while it was an, it was an awesome stepping stone in the learning experience. I ended up pulling out uh, my product from the GNC's uh, pretty recently, actually, like, you know, it wasn't, and I wasn't, I didn't like make it like super public about it either. So, you know, um, you know, yeah, no big deal, but it was, it, it was becoming like more effort than, you know, Benefit then it was uh, worth. from, ha- yeah, yeah, exactly. It just it ended up not being so much worth it. I don't think that's a fault of either GNC or myself so much. I think it's just their market and their customer isn't going there for a product like mine. You know what I mean? Right. Like it my one sense. grocery, yeah, yeah. St- my one grocery store was outselling all six GNCs combined. You know what I mean? Which says that the product can do well in a grocery store, but won't necessarily do well at a place that people are stopping at maybe before they go to the gym. Because if you're going to the gym, you're not going to buy a pint of ice cream. It's going to melt in your
0: exactly. car. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. hundred percent. I know. It makes yeah. sense. It makes sense. I was smart of you. And, you know, that's just being, going back to kind of what we talked about, about being self-aware and about understanding things, you know, you, you had that awareness to understand that while GNT is a nationally recognized store, uh, you know, it's just, it wasn't the right fit. So, totally. you know. Yeah. But, um, so let's, let's get into the the real thing that I mentioned in the intro is kind of what you're shifting to now is what it seems like in the, in the fit freeze. Yeah. So let's talk about the fit freeze. What is fit freeze?
1: Yeah. So I'm super excited about it. Um, I actually developed it maybe five months ago or so. Um, so like August of 2019 was kind of like when I officially like announced it. And so what it is, it's a soft serve ice cream mix. So, like if you go to Dairy Queen and you're getting soft serve ice cream, or you go to uh, like a Froyo spot, you know, and it's like that self serve, you go to the machine, pull it out, that's soft serve, right? You know, because for whatever reason, sometimes people like they're still thinking hard ice cream. Um, But soft serve ice cream, I sell the mix that goes into those machines, right? And so the organizations that I'm focused on selling to are not these grocery stores or GNC type places, it's now uh, hospitals, retirement homes universities, you know, being in the, in the cafeteria dining hall, like, you know, like we had, I remember, you know, when I was at Centenary, we had a soft serve ice cream machine and I was eating it constantly. Right. And <laughs> it was there, you know, those products are so high in sugar. And I really wasn't even right. thinking about that so much. Like that was one of my cheap, like cheat meals and, uh, you know, things that I would kind of indulge in in college. And, you know, there's so many of these organizations that have it professional sports teams, like in their training facilities, they have soft serve ice cream. And right. it's just, you know, um, it's a product that like we just shouldn't really be eating because it's made with such terrible ingredients. And you don't get to see the ingredient panel on these products because it's not like, you know, it's not like a bag of chips or a pint of ice cream that you can just pick up and look at. Um, it's just kind of in a machine and you eat it. You're like, okay, cool, this is ice cream or okay, cool, you this don't is realize, frozen yogurt. Eating,
0: yeah, you're eating cold sugar. Totally, 100%.
1: <laughs> 100%. And uh, yeah, so, you know, I made fit freeze where it is um, in an eight ounce serving, which is like a medium cup of ice cream. There's 22 grams of protein. There's only uh, 12 grams of sugar, which is all naturally occurring sugar. It's the sugar content only comes from organic skim milk. There's no added sugar to the product. Um, That's amazing. And then there's only seven grams of fat in the product as well. So there's also 12 grams of fiber, which is something that a lot of other products don't provide. Uh, and for comparison, right? Like another, uh, another soft serve product company that I know of, I don't want to say their name, but their number one ingredient is sugar. And in that same eight ounce serving, in the same eight ounce serving, there's 150 grams of sugar, a eight ounces in eight ounces. So oh six pack, or, so six pack creamery fit freeze, we have 12 grams of sugar in eight ounces, a medium cup. And these other competitors can have up to 150 grams oh, in that nice. same serving. It's insane.
0: Not only that, but yeah, I mean, not even that. And then you're not, you're not, you don't get the extra added fiber, the protein. Totally. Totally. That, that so comes, it's, oh my God. 150 yeah. Grams.
1: Yeah. It's nuts, man. And so that's, that's a product that's being served to professional athletes, uh, people in hospitals that are battling cancer and other diseases. And also to the nurses who are working hard to, you know, keep people healthy, um they're eating products like that and they you know they're having a sugar crash and now they have a headache and they have to go and see a patient that has cancer and they have to do their best to you know perform um and you know it might seem like something small to a lot of people but it really is a big deal to you know have functional quality products like this available you know and and to have products like this take the place of these unhealthy products
0: right especially like you know now they're calling, you know, some doctors and scientists are calling Alzheimer's type three diabetes because of how sugar affects the brain and, totally. you know, if, you know, and people are like, Oh yeah, it's ice cream. It's supposed to be bad for you. Well, okay. Yeah. But why don't we have, why, why can't we just make a quote bad product good for you? Like exactly Absolutely. what FitFreeze is doing, like what you're doing. And it just, and keeps everybody performing at a better level. Like you said, and keeps their brain functioning. You know, we're not yeah. getting that, that, sh- that, sh- that, uh, insulin spike, our blood's not crashing. Yeah. Like we're all. You know, it just makes everybody better, and that's why this this product. You know, I'm I haven't had it, but I just I'll have to find a way to get it. And you know, I, yeah. I, I might not stop eating it.
1: Yeah, dude. I'm, I mean, I'm telling you, it it really is good. Like, I'm incredibly proud about this product. I'm really excited to see where it goes. Um, you know, we'll, we're supposed to be launching with a university at the end of this year, uh, in the fall. You know, starting of the of the new school semester. Um, and then there's actually an NFL team that we're supposed to be launching with in April. But you know, with with everything happening with coronavirus, with it, and, right? Yeah, I mean the organizations are literally shut down. So whenever they open back up, uh, we expect to be you know distributing to them as well. Um, so it was really cool to have like their whole team. Like it had to get approved by their food service director, the executive chef, and then their director of performance and nutrition. So it went through a lot of That's steps amazing. of people being like, one, this product tastes really good, and two, right. this product, you know. It at like the ingredients are quality. Like this is something we will bring into the to the facility. And it gives value
0: to the players. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it lets them really utilize
1: that investment of the machine that they have.
0: The three like the 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 list of people that it had to go through, I you know, are sure are very accomplished people and very yeah good at what they do, obviously. And Mm -hmm. so for them to, you know, kind of approve this product and say, Yes, I want to bring this to a hundred professional some of the best at hundred, some of the best hundred athletes in the world. I mean, yeah. that's, that's a very awesome accomplishment and seriously, congratulations. That, Cause that's, you, that's amazing. Well, I feel
1: a lot better once we start actually distributing to them. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. we'll see, but, but uh, yeah, no, it, it's definitely cool. Um, yeah, man. I mean, another no, thing, thing is too, is like, it's there, you know, some people actually might be like wondering like, Oh, well, if it has such low sugar, like how is it sweet? Right. So like right. the other two sweeteners that I use is like one monk fruit, which you're probably familiar with. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. Um, yeah. So like, that's like a all natural sweetener monk fruit is the actual fruit and it's just a, a powdered version of that. Um, so it's yeah. super sweet, no effect on the blood sugar or anything else. And the other ingredient that we use is organic erythritol, which is a, a sugar alcohol, um, which is all natural, which some people have, you know, issues with like, they just like, don't like to see it. Um, I've asked so many registered dietitians, like oncology nutrition specialists, like tons of people that are really experienced in, in the nutrition field. And, uh, you know, most of them say they have no issue with the ingredient. Like some people like they don't like, they don't mind seeing it on an ingredient list. Right. Um, some people are like, they have super sensitive stomachs and everything like that. So, you know, it it, it can like sometimes promote gas, but like all the clinical studies and like, that's what I like to look at. Like I'll read, you know, there's a a website you're probably familiar with at PubChem, that does like clinical research and they post all that stuff to, to their website. And, Um, you know, all the studies there show that you have to have like half a gram of erythrol per pound of body weight for you to see like any kind of side effects like that. So while there's always going to be those outliers where like some people might be like, oh, like I, you know, I feel like kind of gassy or whatever after eating that, like that's the extent of like a negative side effect you could see from, from that ingredient. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but there's, there's a stigma around it that I feel like isn't really warranted. Um, And, yeah, so, like, I just wanted to touch on that because, you know, again, like I said, like that ingredient can sometimes get a bad rap, but it really is beneficial because it helps, you know, so many people like diabetics um, and others to be able to eat a product that, you know, is still kind of sweet and uh, tastes really good, but doesn't have the negative side effect of, you know, the insulin spike and the sugar crash and everything else.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, where – so, how do people – how can people order – your product, um, whether it's fit freezer or the, or the pints of ice cream, where can they find you?
1: Yeah. So currently we still are selling, uh, the pints of ice cream on the website, uh, six com, And we ship four packs, six packs, eight packs. You know, we do discounts, you know, every time you add, uh, every time you add a pint after four, there's discounts. Um, it's a little expensive with like the frozen shipping and stuff, but it's, it's cheaper than some of the more expensive ice creams that you can order online. So it's not a ridiculous price.
0: So much more worth it though. Yeah. And <laughs> that's another thing too. It's going to be a better be, product.
1: Yeah. It's going to be one of the healthier pints of ice cream that you'll ever buy. Um, right. So yeah. So six And then you can check us out on uh, all social media at six creamery. And then my personal is at underscore Kyle Peters um, and six is all spelled out S I X P A C K C R E A M E R Y. Uh, and then fit freeze isn't available to like order because like I said, it's just a liquid mix. You would need, you need like one of the machines to use it. Um, but we are working on getting it into some, uh, you know, again, uh, coronavirus kind of pushed this back, but we're working, we're talking with a couple different retail places that it could be served in, in the Philadelphia area and in the city. Uh, so if you happen to be in Philadelphia or the greater Philadelphia area, uh, give us a follow on social media, and you can keep up with all the news that's happening and and where you might be able to try that out.
0: That's amazing. So, guys, I, again, I highly, highly recommend this product. I mean, you will not be disappointed. Not only just the ingredients, but the taste of it. You won't even. It'll taste like regular ice cream. I promise. There's no drop off in taste. It is by far the best product out there. Um, Kyle, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time, and hopefully, everybody here and everybody listening will be able to. Buy, buy a couple of pints and you know start their healthy journey to a better ice cream alternative.
1: Thanks, man. No, I really appreciate the time. Uh it was awesome. It was a great podcast. Had a good time and uh appreciate the platform for sure.
0: Uh, absolutely. All right, Kyle, we will talk soon. Thanks, buddy. All right man.
1: Take it easy, man.